0: Hello, hello. Do you have a nosy neighbor? Someone who's always prying into your business. They can be rather irksome, what with the constant questioning about screams coming from the basement while you're making garbage runs all hours of the night. Oh well. How many stories have we heard that we only know about because some nosy neighbor put that nose to good use and smelled something a little off next door? You don't get to choose your neighbors, as we see in today's story, written once again by a mysterious lurker. With the weather becoming warm again and our local parks opening, I now have to think of good reasons to turn down invitations to go camping from friends and family. While I was still a teenager, I went as often as I could. Any weekend I was free, I was in the woods relaxing. Sometimes I brought friends, sometimes I went by myself. After finishing school, my life became fairly hectic. I still did my best to take a few camping trips during the year. I'm glad I was so stubborn on the idea of going out into the woods when the chance arose because I met my husband on a camping trip. The story of how we met is a bit long and embarrassing on my part. i gone out for a quick washroom break in the middle of the night. An owl or some sort of other screeching night creature startled me and I took off running back to where I thought my tent was. In the darkness of the moonless night i caught a tree root and broke my ankle i was unable to move until morning i was in so much pain and embarrassment i accepted my death ready to be a nice meal for the wildlife i was rescued by nicholas even back then he was a large intimidating looking man full beard axe in hand he looked about ready to chop me into pieces My husband-to-be was cursed with looking the complete opposite of his nature. He carried me out of the woods and came to the hospital with me because none of my family members were available on such short notice. We have barely been apart since that day and married the moment it was legal. We met in the woods so camping held a special meaning for us. Every trip was almost like a honeymoon although we thought we clearly looked like a loving couple on our trips, most people we met didn't clue into that fact. They all assumed we were just two good friends, drinking beer and fishing. It was a game of ours to play it cool and see how long it would take people to start questioning things. Near the end of the summer, we reserved one spot in a popular local area. The camping areas were spread out far enough for some sort of privacy but a family we often camped close by and met at the lake for fishing still had no idea about us after four years of seeing each other. They saw our wedding rings and commented how nice it was for two good friends to be away from our wives for a long weekend. Being in the woods holds such good memories for me, but it only takes one night to ruin everything. After what happened last summer, I've refused to ever be in the forest again. The last time we went, it was a very normal experience because we were veterans at that point. Setting up our campsite took an hour at most. Before anyone else had really arrived, we had finished setting up. Nicholas was gathering firewood and I started to take a walk down to the lake. If I was lucky enough, I could catch something for our lunch but we always brought something for backup, just in case nothing was biting. Sitting on the edge of the calm lake, I started to bait my hook and set up my fishing rod. It was still a little cool from the early morning. By the afternoon, I was certain it would warm up. I feared a summer storm rolling in, because the radio on the way down warned of thunderstorms over the weekend. But that morning, the weather was perfect. I got comfortable and threw out an almost perfect cast. I was waiting for Nicholas to come and join me when I saw a blur of white through the trees on the other side of the lake. I had to squint, but I could have sworn I saw a person walking through the trees, getting closer to the lake's edge. When the figure stopped at the edge of the water, I lifted my hand to give them a friendly wave. I thought it was a woman. I couldn't see any features besides a white dress and long hair flowing in the breeze. She must have seen me from across the lake because she raised her arm and waved back. Who are you waving at? I nearly jumped out of my skin. Nicholas was pretty silent for a man his size. Without me hearing him, he had come up behind me. A woman over there. She must be out for a walk because there aren't any campsites on the other side of the lake. I don't see her. I raised my eyebrow, confused at him. I didn't think she could go back into the woods so fast, but when I looked back, she was gone. The lake rippled slightly from the breeze. I didn't even hear the normal bird song or see any of the friendly waterfowl that made the lake their home. I didn't think I imagined her or got confused by a reflection off the lake. But it wasn't really that big of a deal. I dropped the matter and helped set up the spot for Nicholas. While he had been collecting firewood, he ran into one of the regulars we often saw at the park camping. We often shared anything we fished up with them. Due to a medical emergency, they had to leave the campgrounds. Their son had gotten very sick and they weren't going to risk him sleeping it off. They had grabbed their important items in a hurry. They knew that myself and Nicholas would be close by and came over asking for a favor. They trusted us to break down their campsite and pleaded for us to watch over their bigger items. If they didn't come back for them at the end of the weekend we could leave their things at the ranger's office. Nicholas agreed. I hope their son would be alright. He may have got away from his parents and eaten a berry he shouldn't have. We would gladly watch over their things. It would be the first year at this site without someone close by. The rest of the day went by completely normal We broke down our camping neighbor's site and cooked up the two fish I had caught. A bit on the small size, but they would do. The only strange thing I noticed during the day was how silent the woods were. I barely heard any birds and they sounded very far away when they did chirp. We both turned in shortly after the sun had set. We had plans to go on a long hike the next day. Being well rested would be a good idea. I was getting older and wondering how much longer I could sleep on the hard ground. Being wrapped in big, comfortable arms did help. I don't know how it started but we made a game for nights we couldn't fall asleep. One of us would start with an animal with a weapon, then the next would say another animal with a different weapon that could beat the first in a fight. It would quickly get into ridiculous territory, like a shark riding an army of crabs as its weapon. Whoever laughs first loses. We spent many nights snuggled close and giggling like teen girls on a sleepover. A falcon with a fencing sword, Nicholas started off. I raise you a parrot with double daggers, those wavy ones. Shoot, that's a good one. An ostrich, no weapon, it's just really mean. I felt a giggle starting to bubble up and I forced it down. I paused to think of something, not ready to back out of our game, but a noise outside our tent made me stop. I sat up trying to hear better. I could have sworn I heard a scream. I had been out in the woods often enough to know what wildlife sounded like. This was for certain, a human scream. It sounded off in the distance. The tree's muted sounds, so I wondered just how close the person was. I heard it again. A long, wailing screech that made my stomach drop. Did you...? I started to speak, but Nicholas grabbed me and forced me back down. He held me tightly and it was someone out of character for him. The suddenness of his mood shift frightened me more than the faint screaming outside. Nick? I said, but was quickly getting squished by him. I looked up at him in the darkness, trying to make out his expression. I could feel his hands shaking slightly against me, and I couldn't remember ever seeing him scared. He was the big, tough, brave husband. The one who answered phone calls and ushered spiders out of the house. He was scary and strong and could chop firewood in one swing, and yet he was holding onto my small frame as if I was some sort of protective ward against whatever was outside. My heart was beating so fast I nearly didn't hear what had scared him so badly. I heard the crunching of footsteps outside. Someone was wandering around our campsite. I suddenly knew why Nicholas shushed me. The only weapon we had was the axe for firewood, the axe that I was pretty sure had been left outside our tent. We also had bear mace, but it was pretty old, and if the wind blew the wrong way, the bear mace would just be a setback. I held my husband as I tried to listen for more footsteps, praying I was just hearing things. Our food had been put up. We knew how to keep animals away. The soft crunching of dirt didn't sound like a large creature walking around, but I heard breathing, heavy breathing that did sound like it belonged to a bear. My mind started to race. I wondered if some crazy person who lived in the woods year-round came across our campsite and just wanted to steal food. I didn't know what to do in that moment. I wanted them to just leave. My big, scary-looking husband might be able to frighten them away, but if they had a gun, we couldn't do anything about it. And then there was that screaming I could still hear it in between the soft footsteps and heavy breathing coming from outside. Go away, go away, go away. In that moment I was so frozen in fear I couldn't do much else but repeat that mantra, hoping my mental prayer would be enough to force the unwanted guests away. Nicholas had been doing much more thinking than myself. He had wrapped his arms around me and buried me so close to him that if someone opened the tent it would look like he was alone. If someone attacked, they would go for him first, unaware of the smaller, second person in the tent. It would give me the chance to attack back, or by some miracle, get away. We couldn't go outside. It was clear by the footsteps there was more than one person. The best plan we had was to be quiet and hope the people left. If they took our supplies, we didn't mind paying for new ones. I was still scared out of my mind when I heard a new noise. My lungs felt like they would burst from fear when I heard the tent zipper start to move. So slowly, I watched it out of the corner of my eye as it started to open from the top. I couldn't see outside, even when it was halfway open. I felt Nicholas tense up. He may jump up and defend us at any second. I didn't want that. I didn't want him to be hurt, I just wanted whoever was out there to go away. The zipper stopped halfway, I hoped it would remain like that, I still heard the breathing of the person outside. To my horror, I saw something come into our tent, a clawed hand. The claws were curled and the size of my fingers, even in my fear I thought it was a joke. Some sort of costume prop. No animal I knew had hands so human like, and no human had claws. I wondered if some other camper decided to pull a prank on us. A single claw reached down and started to force the zipper open more. This had to be a joke. It had to be. A smell came in with a small breeze. It was a little musty and somewhat similar to wet fur. I didn't know what we would do once the zipper was fully open and we could see what was outside. But thank God, we never needed to find out. I heard a scream. It was so loud it sounded like it came from directly behind our tent. I jumped and muffled my own scream into Nicholas's chest. The scream kept going, a long wail of true and utter fear. Whoever was outside was either startled by the scream or decided to follow it. The screaming sound started to move away from our tent, and the footsteps and heavy breathing followed. I don't know how long we stayed, just holding each other, listening. It felt like hours, but it was only a few minutes. I let out a small noise, and my husband shot up and bolted outside. He came back a few seconds later, holding our firewood axe. Both of us sat facing the now closed tent flap, axe of the ready, and we sat like that the entire night. I was so wired, I was wide awake when the light became grey outside our tent. During the rest of the night, I heard no one back in our camp, but I still heard that horrible scream from time to time in the distance. Our plan was to pack up as fast as we could and leave the equipment we had been guarding at the ranger station. Aside from odd tracks all over our campsite, nothing had been disturbed or touched. They looked almost human, but with what looked like claw marks dragging in the dirt. Hey folks, early morning. We both jumped at the voice. I let out a small scream I wasn't proud of, but when we spun around, we saw a forest ranger. I knew his face from years coming here but not his name. He noticed our fear and held out a hand trying to calm us. Are you two alright? Did you see a bear or something? He asked. Or something, Nicholas confirmed. The next few minutes was us telling the ranger what had happened last night. I was still shaking so Nicholas took over speaking. But what confused me was he didn't mention the screaming that scared off our unwanted guests. That sounds strange, all right. Maybe some kids playing a prank, the ranger said with a shrug. There was screaming, I stuttered, and both men looked at me. I heard screaming, all night. Well... You always had better hearing than me. Maybe someone was off in the woods... Trying to scare us, Nicholas said slowly with a nod. It worked. All right, we'll look into this. Prank or not, this isn't acceptable. Aside from that, I came down here to tell you folks there's a storm blowing in soon. It's up to you if you want to stay, but I would advise against it. It's going to be a really bad one. And the last time we had a storm this bad, people got blown away in their tents. If you want to pack up, we'll refund you for the last two days you paid for." We were going to leave either way. The storm just gave us a good excuse. The ranger was kind enough to help us carry the extra gear after we told him it belonged to the campers who left the other day. He would walk with us back to the ranger station. We didn't want a refund for our last two days we wouldn't be camping. It would be a donation to help the park pay for whatever was needed. Our campsite was empty all three of us ready to go and it was a good thing we left when we did if we stayed we would have died or at least gotten very hurt we had only been a few feet away from the site when a massive crack and a horrible sound came behind us i had just calmed down a little but the thundering sound made me cry out again and jump nearly 10 feet in the air All of us turned trying to figure out what had made such a sound. Where our campsite had been was now covered with a dead tree that had just fallen over. It crashed right on top of where our tent would have been. I was certain if we stayed, that tree would have killed us. All three of us stood in shock, staring at the fallen tree. I started to walk up to it for a reason I don't know. I just felt like I had to get a better look. Our campsite had been ruined, littered with fallen branches. Nicholas had come up and took my arm to gently take me back onto the path. We didn't know if the tree had knocked against another, making it more likely to fall as well. The area was dangerous. I let myself be guided back, but I saw the base of the fallen tree. From the freshly upturned roots, I thought I saw something tangled in the brown roots. Something white and straight sticking out of the ground. Something that looked like a human femur. We got to the ranger station and made a more official report of our night. The sky had already darkened, the storm coming in faster than expected. Other rangers had gone off to warn people, and the parking lot was slowly emptying out of cars of campers who wisely decided to leave. I called the ranger office a week after, asking about if they ever found who had tried scaring us away. The ranger who picked up the phone was the one we dealt with, so he was glad to talk with me. They hadn't found out anything. The park emptying had made it hard and the storm washed away anything useful. He also wanted to tell me something. He didn't know if he was legally allowed to yet, but he didn't want me to find out later and get freaked out. The tree that had fallen over did in fact have human remains tangled into the roots. They found one intact femur and some broken bones looking like ribs. When they started looking, they found more bones buried and scattered around. They assumed the body had been there for years and they hadn't found enough to determine who they were or how they died. Also tangled in the roots was some fabric that looked like it had been a white dress or skirt at one point. For those past few years, we had camped right next to a human body without ever knowing. If that tree hadn't fallen over, I doubt they would have ever been found. I didn't tell Nicholas what I had found out. I think he doesn't want to upset me by talking about the trip. He didn't seem very bothered over what happened, but knows it stresses me out. I had nightmares for months. I try to keep an eye on seeing if there are any updates on the case, but accepted the fact they most likely won't ever know who died or who had been buried beneath that tree. For how many people who go missing in the woods, I think camping near a death site is pretty common. More common than most people would think. I'm thankful we got out of those woods alive. I'm a bit of a city person now and would like to keep it that way.